0: Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast.
1: So, Littles, also, well, big shout out to Shad in DC because it is International Haiku Poetry Day and it's also International Bat Appreciation Day. Ugh. So, Wait,
2: I assume one of you has a haiku about bats and COVID prepared for, for this very occasion, right? Well, maybe we should call Chuck. Let's call Chuck. Call I think do Chuck it. This Make sounds like a it. Chuck job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and welcome Roxy, and of course, Simon, the fan favorite. Welcome back, you two.
0: Hello. Hello.
2: God, I can't imagine that's going to last much longer.
1: (laughs) Well, what's Chuck going to do? That's that's the big question here. I, I was going to try and get Chuck to chime in here today because just to make sure everyone knows he's still alive and everything. Ease him
0: back into it. Ease
1: him back into it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but most importantly, happy National Lookalike Day. Wait, what did I just say? Lookalike Day? Lookalike Day? Yep. Lookalike Day. Oh. I, I kind of yeah. like that better. I don't know how the littles feel. So littles, we're going to celebrate this. We're going to start the show off with this. And we have some exciting news. We're going to do a new contest. Hey. So the brackets are over. All that Stuff. The prizes have been mailed out. We hope our two winners. We the last place person never got in touch with us. So we're a little sad about that. But we have a new contest. So what we'd like to do is tweet us at Loyal Littles Pod or email us podnet at gmail.com. Send us a picture. And if you can send one of you as well next to it, that would be ideal of your lookalike.
0: Yeah, it could be a celebrity or if you're a twin, that's the- like the ultimate lookalike. Well, that's
1: kind of cheating, isn't um, it? if yeah, I think I, about I, I mean, it. But
0: that's, that's kind yeah. of—I mean—you have a built-in lookalike. So this
1: is so wait—I'm confused because I thought we were going to kind of kind of go with a doppelganger type of thing. Well, yeah,
0: well, yes, that's the
1: idea, it's right? The same thing. Well, yeah. but that's different than having a twin. <laughs> What but I if mean, if they look alike. Yeah, uh. kill's unfair.
2: No, no, one's gonna win against a twin.
0: Well, right, okay, but... fine. If you're a twin, I guess. All right. So Roxy
1: has the prize for the twins. I ain't dealing that. No. Okay. So, <laughs> you know what we're
2: saying? You know, I, I, I was once called an ugly Ryan Gosling. No way. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Wait, that's yeah.
0: that's kind of
2: yeah, really super great, but compliment. also terrible. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was um. It was it was. I could I, I still don't know how to take it. <laughs>
1: So let's go. Is, is that who you? Well, that's not a really. Do you have a different one? Who, 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 who have people said that you look like Simon? Uh,
2: ugly Ryan Gosling. Okay, I've all right. That. So that's you're gonna yeah. go with that. I mean, I've had I've had nicer versions of that. Like, <laughs> oh, you could be his brother. You know. Oh, that okay. Kind of well, that's oh, good. Cute.
1: Roxy, well, what do you got?
0: I was told that I look like a cross between Natalie Wood and Audrey Hepburn, which Aww. I am so honored. I wow. don't always see it, but I'm very honored. I've also been told that I look like, if anyone has seen the Disney movie, was, the short film called The Paper Man, people say that I look like her. Yes,
1: that is what I'm going with. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's the list.
0: She's my doppelganger. And if you
1: haven't seen that short, it's adorable. It's, it's called The Paper Man, right?
0: So cute. It's
1: so cute. That is, the to the T, what Roxy looks like. All right, so that's yours. Now, mine I don't get, and I disagree with it right off the bat. I cannot tell you in my lifetime how many people have come up to me and said that I look like Matthew Broderick. Oh. Right? (laughs) I do not see that at all. How
0: long have I known you and I have never known this? Yeah.
1: Nope. I mean, I used to- Who? Guys at auditions used to come up to me all the time and say, have anyone told you you look like Matthew Broderick? And I think, well, maybe they were just hitting on me. I don't know. Yeah. Were
2: they choked? Like, what? (laughs) Weird. No wait! What are
1: you saying? Do I look have like an listeners? ugly Matthew Roderick? What are you saying here? <laughs> not, e- not, not even,
0: not even an ugly Matthew Roderick.
1: I <laughs> like Matthew Broderick. I don't. I, yeah, maybe back in the day. Maybe I'm going back 20 years. But maybe I, when even you had then, your
0: goatee. No, uh, even that. No.
1: I don't think yeah, so. Yeah,
0: Chuck had a goatee.
1: I don't see it. I just never saw it. I agree with you two one hundred percent. Can we so. post
2: on the Instagram a side by side just so we can Please you know, do. It. All
1: right, I'll try to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want a side by side. So either email it or tweet it on Twitter. Did I say that right?
0: I think you did. Wow,
1: I'm getting good, guys. We'll somehow we'll get the other gang, we'll get Chuck involved. Maybe we'll just let Chuck pick. So, Ooh, so, all, you, be fun for so all you people that yeah. have been like picking on Chuck, you better be wise because you never know what we're going to do with that. <laughs> so anyway, so let's let's move on, though. So, yeah, get those lookalikes into us so we can. Uh, I think this could be fun. Yeah, I, it sounds like a lot of fun. All right. So next, what we're going to do is we have some emails and stuff like that before we get to our great guest. Eric Landergan writes in and he says, I think being a tiny or a little is a state of mind. You choose your own rank. It doesn't get assigned to you. That said, if we're looking for a new level for Roxy, might I suggest, quote, fun size.
0: I love that. (laughs) I'm obsessed with that. Eric, good job on you. That was, that's perfect.
1: Now, for all you littles that are catching up, this is due back to the last episode when we congratulated roxy because she was on fortune teller on pti so we were wondering does this clarify and classify her as a little now so we've had some different both for Todd k also says i mean fandom slash participation in pti does not make one a little so he doesn't yeah. think so he thinks you're still a tiny and that's fine
0: todd yeah. that is exactly why i was hesitant to even call myself a, a little but i think i'm getting close So I like fun size.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. And we also heard from our good friend, Jolene Wojcik. She said, she was uh, based on our last show. She said, great interview, Jeff. Your daughter should definitely do a jingle. And congrats, Roxy. You can call yourself whatever you desire.
0: That is so nice. Thanks, Jolene.
1: (laughs) Glad the bar was over and you answered the phone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I read that email, and bar was correct. It wasn't just B A R. It's B A R. -R Oh no, no, no! I knew you spelled it
1: right. I'm just still not convinced that's the bar you were talking about. (laughs) So (laughs) that's all I'm saying. Uh, and then once again, littles, I can't thank you enough. People have been asking me, you know, break a leg, all this stuff, you know, congratulations getting back. And it was really nice. The opening, I, maybe I should have opened it with this because we did have so many well wishes. The opening went well. Well, it went okay. I <laughs> say, 70% of the lines were said. And but it was kind of cool. The mayor came. The Honorable, I guess they say uh, Bill de Blasio was there, and so we wow. got to, we got to take our picture with him, and he came out and did a nice speech uh, before the curtain.
0: Isn't he really tall?
1: Oh my gosh, sneaky tall! Wow, as they say, yeah, very sneaky tall. I had no idea. Hmm. Simon, so have you ever met him or seen him? I know that he's tall. I, I mean, I've seen enough no photos. Idea. He's
2: he's a he's a giant.
1: He sure is. Yeah. 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 So and uh, so speaking of that, I'm going to combine the Roxy and me together on this one. We heard from the great and flavorful Oz, Steve Oswald, and he said, so Roxy was on Fortune Teller. Definitely no longer a tiny, maybe not yet a little. I think she's a hashtag fun size. By the way, how did break a leg become a saying? I have heard legend that it was because of John Wilkes Booth and also because if you break a leg, you will be placed in a cast, quote unquote. Uh, See what he did there, uh, Simon. Aww. What do you got with that?
2: Do we? Uh, I, you know, I don't have. I don't have any info. I, I've always wanted to know as well. Yeah, I, I know that you don't whistle. Yes, you know, that's definitely. You do not but, whistle backstage that's because they used to do that for the mm-hmm. stagehands, and yep. that's why the flies would fly in and you'd get killed by a sandbag, yeah, or <laughs> yeah.
1: something. Well, Simon, I actually was. I didn't know either, so I had to Google it myself. And the best I think I could come up with, it says, if actors were not performing, they had to stay behind the leg line, which also meant they wouldn't get paid. If you were to tell the actor to break a leg, you were wishing them the opportunity to perform and get paid. Wow. The sentiment remains the same today. The term means good luck, give a good performance. Hashtag information for life.
0: Wow. You learn something new every day. <laughs> I
1: mean, I had no idea. No. And we're in the business. Right. That's I know. So amazed that, you know, amazed none of us knew it.
0: I have a tendency to fall downstairs on stage in spotlight. And yeah, that is apparently a oh, thing that, with I've me. I've seen you do
1: that, actually. So,
0: <laughs> yes. So my parents, my mom in particular, whenever I'm about to go on for a show, she always says, break a leg, but not literally because she's been so afraid that when I, I'm going to fall down the stairs and one of these days actually hurt myself. I think I should be a stunt person for stair falling. Maybe. Because I, I do it so gracefully, and I always get right back up. Like, nothing out nothing bad ever happens except me tumbling down the stairs.
1: <laughs> and another email, this one from Bob Sproul, and this is based on last week's Friday Five, actually. And he writes in, While listening in the most recent pod, Marilyn that's my better half, and I both took note of Roxy's reaction when the subject matter of Peter Griffin of Family Guy came up. Her, that's terrible, just terrible, jives perfectly with my wife's reaction every time I watch the show. She usually says, are you watching that awful show again? Full disclosure, I understand the family guy is rude, crude, and has little redeeming social value, but God help me, I can't stop laughing every time I watch it, and I'm not necessarily proud of that. And then he writes in, so glad that Chuck is back in the harness on the Great White Way. Now let's get Roxy back to Radio City. Bob couldn't agree 100% more with everything you said. I am a diehard from day one. I think I already told the story on the pod, if I'm not mistaken, how I... Literally met a guy handed over cash in front of the state theater in New Brunswick, New Jersey to receive two VHS tapes of every episodes from season one and two, because this is before they released those on DVDs and things like that. I was that guy. That's how infatuated I was with Family Guy, and I love it. So totally agree. And yes, let's get Roxy back to Radio City. And again, thank you for all the the kind words. Everyone, including you, Bob, have been throwing my way about getting back to work and getting live theater back and going up in New York City. And lastly, before we get to our great guest, we did get a blessing from Cool Aunt Claire. And she just wrote, "Ah, love the table on her."
0: Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> so, cool, Aunt Claire's table.
1: That's right. That's where we're sitting. And someday, hopefully soon, Simon will be joining us. Chuck's too far away, probably, but and uh, <laughs> or whoever else. Uh, I actually saw Joe today. Simon, he says hi. Oh. Uh, we played a, hi, Joe. a softball match. A a <laughs> great game today. Uh, we lost, but that's besides the point. Let's get out of here. So, I mean, littles. This is another one some of you have been waiting for. Everyone was writing, when are you going to have this person? And all I will say is the force is strong with this one. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles.
3: This is Sully from Boston. Never revere. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network.
1: episode by Dashi Stardust, and this song is called Swan Lake. You can find Dashi Stardust on Spotify and Bandcamp and pretty much everywhere else. Just search Dashi Stardust, that's D-A-S-H-I S-T-A-R-D-U-S-T. And as always, we'll play the full song, Swan Lake, at the end of the podcast. They sing
4: those songs, no one can hear but they love
1: All right, all you loyal Littles, it's now time to meet the Littles, and boy, do we have a fun one for you today, and some might say we saved the best for last, but we'll get into that in a second. Please welcome to the show, Luke Overby. Hey, Luke, how's it going?
3: What's up? How are you doing? We're,
1: great. We're good. <laughs> we'll get to the whole saving the best for last because everyone knows about Diane Kruger. In fact, I, I would like to think if not, they're about to get educated on it for sure. But first, why don't we turn it over to you? Introduce yourself to the one or two loyal littles that might not know who you are. Tell them all about yourself and whatever you want the loyal littles out there to know.
3: Uh, so I'm Luke. I guess uh, i to the TK show for I guess a pretty long time, but I uh, have done a couple of jingles, and some people might have heard a few of them. Um. <laughs> Haven't done one in a while. Uh, I have a PhD in engineering, really data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence, that sort of thing, and uh, work for the Department of Defense doing research in that stuff: machine learning, artificial intelligence, data science stuff. And right. uh... should we pause already? <laughs> well, where did you Feels grow? Right.
1: Start from the very beginning. Where'd you grow up? Okay. You, where Where are you so from? I didn't
3: grow. I didn't grow up somewhere. I grew up in a military family sure. so I don't really have a place that I grew up. Mm-hmm. I lived in I don't know 13 or so different places right uh, between being born and high school. So I I was born in the Azores in Portugal which is it's an island off of the in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean if you're not familiar with a wow. where the Azores is
4: mm-hmm.
3: so that's where I was born and then I don't remember any of that moved to Utah when I was like less than one. And then lived in Ohio, New Hampshire, Alabama, Virginia, Italy, Maryland, D.C., California, and now I live in South Carolina.
0: Holy crap, that's amazing! (laughs) What?
1: what, No New York? What's what's up? Not
3: yet. (laughs) Not yet, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Maryland was the closest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so well, what was that like? Now I know you were obviously a little little kid, but moving. Do you have siblings?
3: Yeah, I have two brothers, one older, one younger. Okay. So the forgotten middle child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but but so what was that like for all you? I mean, I've, we've heard other stories of like military families and stuff like that moving around from place to place. Did you have uh, growing up? Did you have a favorite out of all those?
3: Yeah. So uh, usually the favorite places were just where I lived the longest, just because I had time to make friends for a longer period of time and get to know people When sure establish all that sort of thing so it wasn't really based on the location really so like Massachusetts I lived for like four years and Italy I lived there for four years wow. um, and then Maryland uh, all through high school. Now
1: now, so, how, how old were you when you were doing this I mean were you able to take this like when you lived in Italy were you really able to soak it in so to speak?
3: No I so I was like uh, age 10 through 14 or something like that. Oh, okay. So I was still too dumb to like realize that it was an
1: opportunity most kids I, would never have.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like maybe I should learn Italian or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. That right. <laughs> but all I can really do is like order at restaurants cause that's what I needed to do. Sure. Right. Right. And went to an American school. So. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I cool. See interesting but yeah it was cool I, I got to go back uh, like three or four years ago and it was neat seeing the things that I remembered as a kid but hadn't seen in. sure but yeah I mean I would say it's it's one of those things where as a kid you kind of mostly hate it because like you make friends right. you get close to people and then like a year later you leave but as an adult it's like well these are all experiences that I got to have that other people didn't as a kid. And it really like shaped some of the things <laughs> about right. myself that I think are good things. Uh, and so like looking back ret- retrospectively, I'd say it was better than I felt like it was.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's adults, well, myself included. I mean, I've been to Italy a few times, but yeah, I mean, cause my whole family's from Italy and just to be able to have that kind of history and go see these places and where my great grandfather grew up and things like that. Um, I'd kill for. So I'll, I'll
3: give you a, I'll give you a story for Italy if you want one. Sure. So I played Little League in Italy because that's the age I was, right? And, right. and our Little League field was inside a an active volcano.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, that's not dangerous at all.
3: <laughs> I mean, it was. It, it hadn't erupted in a long time, but it could theoretically erupt at some point. But it hadn't for like longer than Vesuvius, which was also nearby. Sure. And so the whole park was inside the crater of the volcano and it had football and basketball and baseball and swimming and stuff. So that's where I played Little League and then went to instead of going to like the Little League World Series in Pennsylvania, I went to the Little League World European World Championship in Germany. Oh, and then wow. we'd play all of the other countries from Europe and the Middle East. So, like, we played Jordan and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia was always really good. And this is crazy. Other- so
1: you're like a, a mini Olympics, essentially.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like that. I mean, I guess the late World Series itself is sort of like that. But yeah, uh, but half the teams are American, and only the last American team in Pennsylvania gets to play. The other countries. So serious uh, unless you're already from one of those other countries. Right. So
1: serious question though. So how many Americans were on your team? Because you're, you're playing for Italy, right?
3: Right. Most of them because, really? because it's Italy and Italy doesn't care about baseball. Well, that's kind of what I was
1: thinking, <laughs> but I wasn't... I, again, I'm trying to ask these questions and in a way that I don't sound so stupid that people are like yelling through. No, them. you're, yeah, yeah okay. I
3: mean, you would, you would think that the Italian team would be Italian players, but it's really not. Well,
1: how did the other, um, how did the other teams feel about this?
3: Uh, well, there was a few of the other teams because it was in Europe also had Americans, Oh, but true. Okay. not, not every team, like Saudi Arabia was all Saudi Arabian and Jordan was all Jordan. And, uh, you know, other countries that had some sort of baseball presence would have their own national representatives, yeah. but.
1: Well, but I guess just yeah. Well, I guess my follow up question would be: I mean, why do you think now things could change? This is when you were a kid, obviously, but you said the Saudi Arabia team was really good. Yeah. All right. So why aren't more major league ball players coming out of there, like Cuba and stuff like that, where we know they're also in Puerto Rico, where we also know they're, you know, a good foundation?
3: I don't know. It could just be relatively good for Europe.
1: Oh, that's true. Um, yeah.
3: So it, it could have just been that compared to the United States or. Uh, like the Asian tournament, before they come to Pennsylvania, that those are just tougher competitions for Latin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, wow, that's that's a great story. And we're glad you lived through that, (laughs) playing in an active (laughs) volcano. That just seems insane, but I totally understand what you mean. So, uh, well, let's get more back to the show. Now, you briefly touched upon this, but how exactly did you get introduced to Tony and where were you living then and stuff like that?
3: So I went to high school in Maryland, and so I would read both Tony and Mike in the newspaper yeah. when they had the articles. Yeah. Um, so that was pre-PTI. And mm-hmm. so I, I'd read them, and they were like the only thing in the newspaper that I would definitely make sure I ch- checked out. And I think I even wrote an, uh, a paper in English class about Wilbon, because huh. we had to like analyze some sort of editorial writer at some point.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And the only qualification was they said, it can't be Dave Barry. <laughs> so... <laughs> Got you. Uh, I guess too much analysis of poop humor. So wow. they <laughs> they decided, <laughs> the English teacher decided that wasn't okay. So uh, actually wrote a paper on Wilbon at one point. Does Wilbon uh, so, know this?
1: Have you ever? Oh, no. Oh, no. no. I think. Oh, you no. I didn't talk to That'd be f- you so, d- Do you still have it? Uh, no. No, probably. I, I didn't yeah. think so. But yeah. I thought it could yeah. be fun to like send it to send him. Send it you know, to him. Like, hey, I wrote about 30 you.
0: 30 <laughs> years
3: ago. I wrote about you. It whatever. was probably awful too. I mean,
1: well. I probably
3: didn't write.
0: You don't remember nice the grade one. you got on it?
3: Oh, uh, no, I don't know. Well, <laughs> no. we'll just say
0: it was an A. Yeah. <laughs> it, it,
3: it was probably decent. I mean, I got yeah. good grades. Yeah.
0: Well, it's something you're interested in, and that always helps when you're having to write about it. so... Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, so then I think PTI started, and I watched that from the beginning because I already knew that they had that dynamic because they were doing that dynamic in the paper, right? They were talking about each other in their articles. (laughs) (laughs) And so paying attention to that, and in college, went to college in D.C. at Catholic University where uh, Mm -hmm. the— Famous Saliza field hockey team uh, was located. <laughs> and I think ESPN 980 had Tony's show on there at the time. And I just sort of found it one day. I didn't listen to the radio that much. Gotcha. Uh, Or at least not like talk radio. So it just happened to find it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to this because I already like Tony. So I was listening to that and then moved to California for grad school um, at University of California, San Diego. And then basically stopped listening then because it was a local radio station. And I don't think that version of the ESPN radio had Tony nationally at the time. Right. And so I just stopped listening until when it started coming out as a, as a podcast feed again, even though it was still on radio at the time. So picked mm-hmm. back up on it a couple of years later.
1: So now let's get real quick and pertain to the show, the jingle writing. Now, you said you haven't done one in a while, but how did you get started into that?
3: Uh, so, I mean, I, I think you know this. You probably heard the stories regularly related to that uh, with how the jingle, jingle stuff started. So sure. it wasn't, it was only maybe... A few months after Jerry started the website, the original website, and just listening to the show and happened to think of an idea that fit well with something that I thought would be funny. And it just, the idea just came to me out of nowhere. So I just, and I had, I'd done like recording stuff before well, just yeah, for fun.
1: That's what I was going to try to get into. Cause this is a, what okay, always, yeah. I say this every time. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. It amazes me. I'm someone, I get it. I studied music my whole life. I went to college for music that's what I do. I get it.
3: P- yeah. What was your major again? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, engineering, right. data science, engineering. Okay.
1: So, the, well, you know, there's some funny things, you know, there are some engineering crossovers. Like, you know, math is a big crossover, things like that. But my point is these jingle writers that are so brilliant and we'll pump your head up a little bit. You're on that list for me. You know, it's like, how, where did the, this was just a passion. Did you play as a kid and stuff like that? Or where did you learn music and stuff?
3: Uh, so I'm, I mean, I'm not that much of a musician. I'm, uh, I think I'm more kind of in the in the Robert Berg school the of writing, liking to write. Gotcha. And I'm not much of a singer and so mostly the jingles that I did were rap jingles right <laughs> Because that was just the least embarrassing thing even though maybe some people would think the opposite. But yeah
1: <laughs> a colleague of mine in college did a whole dissertation on is rap music? music is rap music you know that kind of thing I mean we obviously know it's poetry but what is it? what, what was the
3: answer what was the answer um,
1: I always said yes I went into this hardcore on a previous episode so I won't go too much but um, I think it was on Dwan uh, Dwan Ree's, mm-hmm. uh, interview how I grew up in the 80s with Beach Street and Bra- all those I was a big rap hip-hop person even though I, most people wouldn't realize that because you know it, you know I'm an opera major in college and stuff like that but man I grew up with that stuff. I loved it. Of course, I thought it was music. It's, it's poetry set to, I mean, to me, and I'm also a drummer. So to me, that's music. When I'm just practicing myself, people think you're just banging. But to me, that's music. You know what I'm saying? And, so, yeah. So I,
3: I had a conversation with Rob and Jason the other day, because Rob was talking about how he didn't learn to rap until after the DKE album was done, mm-hmm. even though it's a rap album. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Is that in the book? I hope so.
3: <laughs> I, I believe it is, yeah. Okay. yeah. So any vocal addition to music, a musical piece, is, is like adding an additional instrument to what you already have. Mm. And so uh, when you add a rap vocal to it, then it's more like a percussion or rhythm addition rather than something more on the melody side. And mm. so it's just a different instrument that you're adding. It's more like a percussion instrument. Sure. Right, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, and if, for all these listeners, if you've never heard, I mean, it's not going to be your total thing where you're going to want to buy an album of it. But if you ever get a chance to just listen to some percussion ensemble music, yeah. it's pretty incredible. And I, and I mean, even the ones that don't have the mallet instruments, where obviously that's where your melody and your stuff like that's going to come from. I mean, there's some really good percussion ensemble pieces of just drums, because there's pitched drums, and a lot of people don't even realize that. And there's pitched wood blocks and all that kind of stuff really you try and check that out so if you get a chance I'm not saying buy an album because you're probably not going to really get into the whole thing but just to hear what we're talking about how yes drums you're just adding layers and textures and things like that you know there was this one guy in college he came in and it was uh it was more for like a environmental type thing but his big play was he had this thing called the phone, and it was set up like a xylophone or a set of bells or marimbo however you want to you know, or a piano, for those of you who don't even know what those are. It's set up like the piano keys. And each note was a different piece of recycled garbage, quote unquote. And it was one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen. Now, most of them were like empty jars and tin cans and things like that. But you could literally hear the pitch and he would play songs off of it. And it was so cool. Yeah. It really was.
3: That's so. cool. So that's how I describe what I do, too, is, is garbage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's perfect. All right. So, uh, on that note, you, you, we're not, I'm not even asking. You. You're sticking around, right? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I've been dying for that. You're like, no, I got to go. Well, you we have to stick around, though, because we have to get into the book. We have to get into DKE and all this great stuff. So Loyal Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles.
0: Summertime, 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 Summertime,
1: Summertime, summertime, Summer of Littles 3.1! As previously announced, COVID permitting, the Summer of Littles 3.1 will be held on Saturday, August 7th.
0: Details will follow, but there are already confirmed venues in Cincinnati, Ohio,
1: Denver, Colorado,
0: Frankfurt, Michigan,
1: Indianapolis, Indiana,
0: Laytonsville, Maryland,
1: New York, New York,
0: Orlando, Florida, and
1: Weathersfield, Connecticut.
0: Didn't hear a venue close to you? Consider hosting a venue in your locale.
1: Get more information by emailing your interest to summeroflittles2 at gmail.com. Now that's using the number two, so it's summeroflittles littles at gmail.com or reaching out on twitter at summer littles Too. that's also with the number two so on twitter it's at summer littles Too. give that a follow for all the information you need
0: i wish i hadn't met the littles in person
1: said no one ever Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast and we are lucky enough to have Luke Overby with us. Can't believe I did that correct twice and uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everyone I didn't know I thought you're we pronounced your name Luke Overby and the sad thing was you told me like if I did that you would not have corrected us. I mean that's that's not cool.
3: You can't do that. Yeah I, I don't care. Well yeah but you don't
1: understand like people like Sully and Claire, they'd all hammer me for that. Are you kidding me? If I pronounced your name wrong. So we were lucky to have Luke over B with us. And I'm very excited to say that correctly. We kind of got off kilter there for a second, went into this whole percussion or, you know, this demonstration, cause I got excited about it. So you never kind of <laughs> went, right. continue with how you got into jingling and stuff like that.
3: So I came, I just came up with this idea just while I was driving in the car or something, because sometimes the way it works is, is it just sparks you and you connect the song to something that. Uh, A song to something that they're talking about and that's what happened with the first one or I probably wouldn't have done it but even further back than that like in high school and college and stuff like that I would play around with GarageBand and make music and usually it was making fun of my friends and Mm -hmm. people in school the teachers whatever that sort of stuff So, so I was already doing basically parody songs of things back then so it was kind of naturally I was I guess ready for the, for that sort of thing. So, so the first one I did for the TK show was when Tony was talking about Triscuits and how much he loved Triscuits and he couldn't stop eating them and I did to the song Baby Got Back Sir Mix-A-Lot, I did Tony got crackers. So <laughs> I remember that. So, yeah. And it got such a good response even like before it got played on the show it got such a good response on the website that that was like encouraging enough to do more of those sorts of things and yeah. so So I actually, I did a jingle before Rob or Jason did one. Oh. So it was actually first on that particular score. So you're saying we
1: should have had you on first.
3: (laughs) Well, they're more. I don't know. I like this
0: whole save the best for last Uh. thing that we're going with.
3: (laughs) Well, actually, there's a thing in the DKE book about, I talk about creativity, and I basically imply that I'm not creative with Rob and Jason in the footnotes arguing with me about it. Yeah, we use footnotes to actually argue with each other in our book. Okay, (laughs) of
1: course you do, as as you do. So I'm going to cut you off, though. Let, Let me cut you off, because there's probably like one or two loyal listeners that are listening who have been under a rock for I don't know how many years now. Can you start over with this? Like, okay, so let's go into it. DKE. What is it? Where did it start? And then let's get into this book that you're referring
3: to. <laughs> okay, so, some people might not know about it. So, so actually, the origin story of Rob, Jason, and I doing anything together was as a jingle, and it was Jason coming to me, and I don't know if I even knew Jason at the time because I don't know if he had he had put a lot of jingles out there that didn't get played for whatever reason, even though they were great. If you went to the website. And he emailed me and he said, Hey, would you like to do a jingle with me and Robert Berg? And I had never been asked to do one with someone else before. So I was like, Sure, because I just, (laughs) it sounded like a fun idea. And it was actually Rob's idea. And he went to Jason and then asked Jason to go to me or whatever. I don't know exactly how it worked, but it was a Beastie Boys uh, song, Hey Ladies. And I think they wanted to do it to, they wanted to do it about a raccoon story about rabies. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that one ever even got played. Is it on Little songs? songs? Yeah, sure, it's on there. Okay, yeah. well, we'll plug it. It's Babies, I think is what it's called. So anyway, and Rob mostly wrote it, but we kind of pitched in ideas and went back and forth with it. And so that was kind of the start, and we just did a bunch of collaborations like that. And then at some point, Jason was doing original music, and I was like, well, that would also make a good song that <laughs> we could do this and this with. And he, And he put out... I don't even know exactly how it started. He put out something, sent it to me and Rob, and said, "Hey, we could make a song with this, with this music to it." And we started throwing around ideas. And so I think the first one we did was "Apotheosis," which is one of the songs on the album. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, well, we could make a couple songs, or we could even make like a short album, like you know, six songs with four interludes or something like that. So we started playing around with that <laughs> idea, and somehow it became 25 right? songs.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jason referenced that,
3: I believe, or yeah. maybe Robert, <laughs> I forget now. Concept album with a uh, with a robot band member, and uh, yeah. So we we sort of have three members. We sort of have five because there's <laughs> there's another person, L, that uh, sings on like four songs. And so we, we call her essentially a band member as well as the robot who the robot has a tough personality to work with, but it's, it works out.
1: <laughs> so the album's been out for a while now, right?
3: Yeah. We did a Kickstarter like before it and hit the goal pretty fast, which we were like all shocked about. Yeah. Because uh, we had like all these tiers in the Kickstarter. Like if you donate this much, then we'll send you a 40 by 50 portrait painting of the three <laughs> of us. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody, and Rob Colpine actually did that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and has that painting yeah. hanging up in Office,
1: yep, so. I, I, I wish I had these off the top of my head. I would go A hey, on and refer to this episode of the Loyal Littles podcast. Cause he did go into that in his interview when we had him on. Yeah.
3: Yes. And we had even higher tiers. Like if you donate $11 million or so, and then you can send us up into space uh-huh. uh, nice. and, and we'll, we'll take pictures for you and <laughs> nobody, nobody actually went to that tier. Okay. So,
1: uh-huh. but Right. Well, obviously, but okay. So, but careful, I'm going to hashtag this careful what you wish for, because so let's, I'm going to fast all the way forward to this book and you did a similar thing. Right. And you just were like, oh, this is never going to happen. I think this is what Jason was saying. Yeah. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're like, oh my God, we have to do this book because you
3: got all these Kickstarter donations. Is that what it was? Yeah. So, yeah. So the book was one of the tiers. And so essentially 5 people hit that one <laughs> or something like that some small number so at, at that point though had... you
1: were you even consider this was a joke right or were you actually uh, yeah, considering writing a book much, at that time
3: pretty much uh, and but rob also said something like oh this book will write itself it'll be easy <laughs> and it <laughs> took like 2 years wow books by the way do not write themselves <laughs> i don't know if you're okay
1: well I've never tried to write one so but I understand completely. But are you kidding me? It took me 2 years to write a jingle so I get it. So I
3: <laughs> But it's like 360 something pages and it had and the original idea was to write about the music and we did some of that but we just we realized that after a point, in-depth analysis isn't really what people would want to read, so half of it is just stories, like essays about how I'm not creative, like I mentioned, or Rob talks about when he so- when he saw a ghost, and all different things like that. And throughout it, there's like footnotes that are referencing uh, uh, what people are re- writing and having arguments back and forth with each other. There's right. the section on Coleslaw McCracken, which is one of our songs, which is essentially a... Like Hamilton-esque yep. sort of a song. We basically have a 50-page backstory with biographies of every single character that's in that story <laughs> that we just made. As you do, right? <laughs> and there's statistics not just for like the baseball players, but there's statistics for the coaches. You know, how uh, like sunflower seeds per minute? You know, that sort of <laughs> that <laughs> right. sort of thing. And and then there's characters that are like uh, flappers because it takes place in the 1920s. Amazing!
0: I you know, love that. So,
3: it's National Flapper Association statistics associated with various aspects of it, like dress height per. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: <laughs> now, Luke, it, we have to pause for a second because I have to give Roxy a plug here. She actually belongs to a group here in New York City called the Honey Taps. Oh, and, there you that's go. and
0: it's mostly what our our style is mostly 1920s flapper. And what's the um, big band
1: you perform with every Tuesday uh, while they used to?
0: Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks here in the city. So that's really awesome to dance with a live band behind us. Yeah, really but fun. When
1: I say it's <laughs> they wear the wigs, they wear the costumes. I mean, and put on the voice. And, and what's and, your name? Mitzi. She's Mitzi. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's Thank a lot of fun to watch. Now, obviously, I'm being a little partial, but the the band itself is fantastic. Yeah. And they're just nice enough to include the Honey Taps to come along to, you know, give the audience that actual 20s
3: feeling.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like setting. Charleston tap dancing. You
3: know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, there's biographies for each of the flappers in there, too. And and a lot of them are, like, based on true stories of real things that happened in the 1920s. Right. Wow, including, amazing. like, one person that was banned from a bank because their sleeves were too short. <laughs> it was scandalous. And, sure. And there was, like, a specific term, but it was, like, they were trying to pass a law that, that said it was illegal to be that sexy or something right. like that.
0: Right. <laughs> Oh, absolutely! That Boy. totally happened.
3: <laughs> uh, and then p- associated photos are pictures of littles that are photoshopped onto like flapper photographs. And oh, that's <laughs> amazing! All right,
1: <laughs> look, look, we've heard enough. Like seriously, this everyone, so go great. get this book now. It is out, right? Or is it not? It's there's yes. digital copies. Well,
3: yeah, so uh, digital copies have been sent out to the people that have ordered those, and then you can also order the either the soft cover or the hard cover, mm-hmm. and those, I believe, have been shipped to the people that have ordered them, but I don't think they've received them yet because it takes like two weeks. to sure.
1: Okay, so we will plug all that stuff at the end of the interview, but I actually want to get back into a few little, because these always interest me because you are not the first one. I mean, yours is kind of incredible how much moving around you did as a kid. You are into sports, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah. Okay. So what's your favorite sport and what's your favorite team? I mean, you were all over the place. So this always interests me.
3: So my favorite sport, I'd say I like watching the NBA the most. I played football, basketball, and baseball in high school and football in college. So even though the NBA (laughs) is my favorite, I played football in college. Um, And I was better at baseball than basketball. But like all those, I don't really watch baseball anymore, just because my attention span has shrunk as technology has grown. I'll, I'll basically watch anything that's a competition. So I'll like if the arm wrestling competition is on, then I'll tune in. See, so if I'm flipping through the channels, that comes on, I'll just stop. Okay. Um, you know.
1: Okay, so yeah. our new one, at least for me, is cornhole. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I don't know why.
3: Oh yeah, but oh yeah, I've watched I've watched cornhole. I've watched drone racing. I've watched <laughs> axe throwing. <laughs> I, nine, I, I've, you said? Watched, I, I've watched soapbox derby sure uh, i've watched the marble league if you haven't seen the marble Ooh. league you need to check out the marble league the marble league is excellent it might be in the top three of the major sports though. okay
1: we might need to get a fantasy <laughs> league for that um uh, now real quick though is this the game you played as a kid where you try to shoot them out of a circle is that basically what it is
3: no, it's basically mostly marble racing.
1: Oh, the marble. So, I did see a YouTube video on that. Okay,
0: I have no idea it's what on, that
3: is. <laughs> it's on YouTube. That's all it's on. Yeah, okay. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll get Roxy hooked up.
1: Yeah, there was this one. It's the weirdest thing. I mean, the things you find in a pandemic. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw that. And yeah, I mean, and way back when, I'll never forget when I first was turning on ESPN at like two in the morning. And all of a sudden there's guys playing cards. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, since when did cards become a quote sport? And then you can't shut it off. I was like, yeah. "Whoa, okay, so I'm in." But yeah, no, the pandemic brought us cornhole on mm-hmm. ESPN, and I was like, "Okay, I'm hooked." And because I'm not very good at, it, I love playing it, but part of it's also probably because you're usually a little tipsy when you're playing cornhole because that's just kind of, the, <laughs> you know, the thing. And um, but yeah, to watch these guys be able to like throw four in a row. It's just, it blows my mind and how they spin it and all this stuff. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm not going to let you get away this quickly. You never told us your favorite team.
3: Oh, so I, I don't know if I have a favorite oh, okay. team. Fair enough. So yeah, I mean, I, I mostly just watch for the competition. I just, gotcha. I don't really care that much. I mean, I, I probably cheer for individuals more than teams. Gotcha. Right. And so my parents went to Oklahoma uh, university, so mm-hmm. I sometimes cheer for them in football a little bit, but don't really care that much if they lose either. Right. I, uh, when I lived in San Diego, I uh, nominally became similarly minimalist Chargers fan, but then they moved to LA, and I was like, okay, forget them. Yeah. Gotcha.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> And I'll I'll watch Clemson games here locally. Everyone here is either a Clemson or a South Carolina fan, and you have to choose one. So I guess I sort of chose Clemson, but I don't really care if they lose
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the Duke-North Carolina thing.
3: Yeah, so uh, I guess throw Wake Forest in there too, but... Yeah, it's more about the competition to me than sure. any individual team. I th- I feel like that gives me a perspective that is like more appropriate. I think there's too much just in general, not not necessarily with sports, but just in general, there's too much where we just cheer for a team regardless of what actually the team is actually about, whether it's sports or politics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now we're treating p- politics like sports. So yeah.
0: right. No, that's a good outlook.
1: So. I, I actually have to ask this question because, I, and again, you said you, you've you listened to quite a few episodes, but not all of them. But since you have been the answer of this question a few times, I'm going to ask it. If you hosted Saturday Night Live, who would you <laughs> like to introduce as your musical guest?
3: Well, I mean... I can mean, I, besides can, the... De- can I you know, besides myself? <laughs>
1: <and then laughs> I- well, have you heard those episodes? I mean, we had two people, like two or three now, mm-hmm. that have
3: said the Diane Kruger effect. So I was like, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, I mean, that would be fun, but I... Obviously, that wouldn't happen. I don't know. Well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I have like a have favorite. Have you seen some like, of the musician. acts
1: on Saturday Night Live lately? I mean, come on. I mean. <laughs> Maybe so, <yeah.
3: laughs> I, I don't know if I have a favorite musician in the same sort of way. I just kind of gotcha. avoid favoritism. I mean, I as I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of hip-hop, so sure. probably somewhat in that genre, but sure. I don't Cool. Yeah.
1: Now, going back a little bit, I, it's crazy I'm going back and forth, I know, but I just this something else triggered the, the jingle conversation was I'm also always surprised. And Weird would all Yankovic, where does he rate with you? Because to me, he was the one that started the whole thing. At least when I grew up, he was the first one I knew that did these funny lyrics to other songs as jingle
3: writers. I mean, isn't that essentially what we're doing, right?
1: Uh, yeah.
3: I mean, pretty much. I, I think I, I mean, I did like him as a kid. I don't know if I've heard anything from him
1: but years and years. I just always thought like he started it.
0: Like the parodies. Eat It. Mm -hmm.
1: Another One Rides the Bus. I mean, I was like, I I knew every (laughs) lyric to these songs. I knew these lyrics better than I knew the original songs.
3: Um, Yeah, I've done less jingles than a lot of people. And I think part of the reason is if it doesn't feel like really clever to me, then mm-hmm. I'll probably just throw it out. Sure. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. I think for what he was trying to do, you can't get as inside and as clever just because the difference between telling jokes about something that other people are knowing about and mm. can make and you can make fun of in a separate way, because he's not really making fun of the right. things that. He's Talking about. You're right. So, if, if it was like satire plus what he was doing, I think that's more like what the jingles do. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: No, absolutely correct. I mean, you know, a lot of people used to call him like a cop out, like a fake. Like, what are you doing? You're taking someone else's song and just changing the lyrics. But oh, I mean, he had
3: musical talent too. Oh, and, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
3: But actually, that's that's how I describe, uh, in some ways, the ways that I'm creative is that I'm not creative from scratch, I'm derivatively creative. Right. So like I need to start with something and then I can come up with variations to that are interesting potentially. But I don't know if I can start from scratch, like the blank piece of paper, the just holding the guitar or whatever and and come up with something. Gotcha.
0: I get that. Uh, If you could time travel, where would you go?
3: I don't know. I think dinosaurs would be fun. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Jurassic Park. I mean, it still seems like a good idea to me. I mean, I've seen the movie, but (laughs) I'm not sold that it's a bad idea yet.
0: Yeah, you just have to really think it all through. That's, yeah. all, that's it. You just have to think it all through, <laughs> and it'll be fine.
3: <laughs> you just have like a time machine that you Yeah, you need nearby. an escape plan. Right, what I right. Time
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, and so this one's gotten some people, uh, no, no pressure, but we've discovered some really cool things. What's a special hidden talent you have that no one else really knows about?
3: Um, I don't know. i like to do a lot of different things. So, I do a lot of photography stuff. Uh, oh, cool. That's Yeah, uh, but I don't like show anybody so nobody really knows. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. well, that's yeah, that's that's That's
0: good. awesome. Huh. I don't have an
3: Instagram account cuz I'm cuz I don't like Facebook, which I guess is kind of not exactly the same thing, but Anyway, I'm, a, I'm with well, you, brother. You know,
0: Instagram and Twitter are kind of branches off of Facebook, I feel. Twitter is all about your words and Instagram is all about your photos and to me, I have no clue what I'm doing on You're Twitter. Not. I don't understand it at all. I'm trying to learn because of this podcast, but I would much prefer Instagram.
1: <laughs> and see, I'm, I prefer neither. So uh, yeah, right. I, I was on the book of face, but that was it. And I, I believe it was the woman who I'm not allowed to say her name on the podcast is like, well, you know, you need a Twitter account, right? And I was like, really do we she was right yeah no she was As right. usually she is <laughs> um and uh so then but we just yeah, recently so branched into in,
3: uh, instagram yeah it, so yeah. there's there's that i run a lot i run like 40 or 50 miles a week Whoa. Something wow like that. That's so impressive. marathons you, yes uh no? well i don't have the sticker because <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sure you would have already have brought that.
1: it up in this interview if you had <laughs> run multiple marathons Ex- uh,
3: exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> Right. Well, I guess if you must know, I have one. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, I've done one, probably never again. (laughs) I've also done like uh, some of the relay races, like the team relay races that are like 200 miles. Mm -hmm. So those are really fun. Yeah. If you have like a six-person team on a 200-mile race, you're running like 36 miles in like 22 hours or something like that. So that's... That's okay, sort of wait like wait, an, wait 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 stop like back up. What what did
1: you just say? Like to me, <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, six people to run a full marathon. So you're each running like no, what? No, it's six or no, seven
3: like, miles. Like- <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the ones I've done a couple times is from Columbia, South Carolina to Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and the entire race is like 206 miles or something like that. And you, you rent a van for your team and then it and then there's like checkpoints where you do a relay and you'll jump in and out of the van when it's your turn. Mm. And you'll have like instead of like a baton, there'll be like a slap bracelet. Oh. And you'll run like you'll run something like two to ten or eleven miles at a time, hand it off to the next person, and then you'll jump back out again when it's your turn again. And so usually they're like six to 12 person teams. If it's a 12 person team, you're running a total of like 18 miles. And if it's like six people, you're running like 36 miles and, right. and you're running continuously, like from Friday morning until Saturday afternoon or Saturday, like around noon or something like that. So it's overnight, you don't get really get any sleep, but it's a lot of fun because right. you're hanging out with people and in a smelly van after two hours, it smells pretty bad, but it's still really fun. <laughs>
1: Luke, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. This has been long coming, and we apologize it took so long. And But we're just saying we saved the best for last. So exactly. go. we're going to turn it over to you. Plug everything. Now, we know you have multiple things to plug because uh, you're so involved in Little's worlds and stuff like that. So why don't you start with DKE, plug it all. I know you've got some fantasy stuff you want to talk about. So go ahead.
3: Yeah. So um, so if you haven't seen the, the Diane Kruger Effect album, or I guess seen, listened to, uh, you might like it. You might not. It's stupid. It's but you should still buy it. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's stupid on purpose. Right. Right. Helps. Um, And then uh, and then we have a similarly stupid book that you could also potentially get, and you don't have to like have heard the music to get some enjoyment out of the book. And it's kind of like a bathroom book or a coffee table book where you can read a section of it and put it down and that section just stand, stands alone or whatever. And where
1: do we get this? On the Twitter page?
3: <laughs> yeah or yeah yeah if you go to DKE presents uh, on Twitter or DKE presents at gmail.com either of those are ways or just if you have a way to reach out to me or Robert Jason that'll probably work too. Um so any of that that's fine. And if we had a podcast, you you could go to uh uh the Diane Kruger Effect pre- presents and you could maybe listen to some stuff there. We actually released something where we talked about the album just because oh, cool. if we had a podcast, cool. that's where you'd go. Um <laughs> and then <laughs> All right, let's,
1: let, let's talk some fantasy, because <laughs> yeah, so, Sully from Boston so, went into this, and it sounds intriguing. Yeah, he,
3: he talked about the Berserker League, which is what we did, uh, I guess it was two years ago. We didn't do a COVID pandemic one, because we weren't even sure if they would play all the games. Right, And it's a lot of work as commissioners to put that thing together, because each week the scoring is different. <laughs> and all of it's ridiculous. But we just recently decided that we're going to do it again. So we're going to have Berserker 2. And so we're, we're working on coming up with some of the new scoring methods right now. Um, you know, we'll have something like uh, Philip Rivers Scoring Week, where the scoring is based on how many children that the players have rather than how, how, uh, <laughs> how they do on the field. If you're interested, reach out to us the same way DKE presents. We had some teams that'll probably want to come back, but we'll probably have a few openings. If we get enough people, maybe we'll do two leagues. Although I'm the one that typically has to do all the scoring.
0: Oh yikes! <laughs> so,
3: so, so I'm I may veto it if we get too many people right. trying to sign up. But sure. There's there's maybe a few openings right now. Well, you always but, leave them
1: wanting more, so that they'll have yeah, to wait till yeah, the next so, league. You know. Yeah well Luke thank you so much we really appreciate the time and uh, I'm sure we'll swing back around and talk to you and yeah whatever we can do for the book uh, anything else with uh, DKU
3: just let us know join Mm -hmm. the league with us have fun oh yeah yeah Yeah. we'll we'll definitely check that out that sounds like
0: something I could maybe be good at
3: (laughs) (laughs) we'll see there is no good it it doesn't matter yeah Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly it
3: just doesn't matter (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) All right, loyal littles we'll be right back You're listening
3: to The Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Put down that crappy beer, Roxy, and get back to the show.
1: Welcome back to The Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you so much, Luke. So much fun. Some really, really good stories. The whole DKE thing just blows me away. And uh, the fact that they now have a book out and all this stuff. So Littles, go grab that stuff. They make great gifts, I bet, too. So... There you go. All right, you two, let's get to the news. So as most local littles, we call them from the D.C. area because of the, pod, the big show, uh, the big news yesterday was quarterback Alex Smith announces his retirement. And this was kind of sad for me because, I mean, it was amazing just to see that he made it back.
2: You know, Aaron Rodgers and and Alex Smith were in the same draft and it was kind of like who's going to go first. And I think Alex Smith went first. Right. And then the (sighs) Packers picked up Rodgers.
1: So, yeah, I believe you are correct, Simon. That was uh, I believe it's the 2005 draft. And yes, I mean, that was the big story. But I mean, Alex Smith just he had so much promise. And then
2: I think I think everyone just thought that he was going to do slightly better than he did. Like He was a great player, but he just. Yeah, it was sad.
1: It was sad because he was injuries. Yeah. Well, Simon, yeah. now the big news of the day, I guess we would say, is the 12 of Europe's tops clubs announced on Sunday that they were launching a breakaway Super League headed by Real Madrid president Florentino Perez. Now, I'm not going to read off all 12, but I mean... It's a scandal. It's a scandal. Okay, that, I, that's what you're... The floor is yours, sir. Uh,
2: yes, yeah, it's, well, it's... Where do I start? I mean, firstly, everyone's come out against it, except for those teams, obviously. It's just a power—it's a greedy, greedy power grab, basically. I mean, where, where do I start? Well, like,
1: maybe go basics, because I don't really understand this. Now, I believe in a right, previous so, episode, you kind of went into the levels and how people can get thrown out of the league or whatever you call right, it. yeah. So for yeah. As,
2: long as, as long as we've had football— uh, there's been leagues and you can work your way up or down into the leagues depending on how well you do. And if you do, if you're at the bottom of the league of the premier league in one year, then you get relegated. You go to the next league down. And if you're good, the best of that league, you get promoted up. And that's, that's kind of how it's always been. And then the next level from that is if you're in the top, depending on what country it is, the top four, top two of your top league in that country, then you go into the champions league, which is the best teams in Europe, play each other out to crown who's the best team in Europe. Now what this super, super League, or whatever they're calling it, is going to do, it's going to be a bit more like an American system where you don't have relegation and it's always the same teams. So these European teams got together and like, let's just have a league where it's just us and uh, we can never get relegated. So we're always in it. Every year we'll play each other and then we'll decide who's the winner of the Super League thing.
1: So you're basically saying they're not going to take part in the other leagues anymore. They're just going to have their own league.
2: Well, in their ideal minds, I think that they would be able to take part in every league except for the European League, the Champions League. But um, no one is on board with this. So all of the leagues, everyone has come out with saying that anyone who takes part in this, in this new Super League, won't be eligible to play for their country again, won't be eligible to play in Europe again, won't be eligible to play in the FA Cup, the, the Premier League. So everyone's coming out against it. So if, and, and if these leagues... Stick to their guns. If the organising bodies like UEFA and FIFA stick to their guns, then I can't see the Super League getting any traction. Because as a player, you're not going to want to play for a team and then not be able to play for your country again, Uh, even if there's a ton of money. It's all about money, and it's just like the history of the game has always involved being having the opportunity to rise up. You could be an absolute nobody team, and there's always a chance. There's always a chance you could rise up and play against the best in Europe. And what what's the biggest joke for me? Looking at the English teams that are involved, got uh, Tottenham have signed up Arsenal. Like they call them the Big Six, but it's but that concept of the Big Six is kind of a joke. Tottenham at the moment aren't going to be qualifying for Europe. Arsenal at the moment aren't going to qualify for Europe this year, and like uh, you know, but Liverpool, I think aren't are even out of it at the moment. So like they call themselves the Big Six, but you know as the results stand this year, some of those wouldn't even be in Europe at all because they had poor results. So. It's like arrogant and pure greed, pure, pure greed. Can, can, and you, I, uh, can you
1: just say it's rubbish? It's rubbish. Yeah, it's absolute rubbish. <laughs> right. Thank you for that in depth. I only understood like half of it, but I mean, it does. It sounds like a big scandal is what you said. And more importantly, it is. it's absolute yeah. rubbish is what it is. So uh, I just knew that was for the fans out there because I knew they'd want to hear you say that. (laughs) So let's move on. We have one last story real quick. Domino's is piloting a driverless pizza delivery in Houston. Nope. Uh, Now, it says the pizza chain joins companies like Kroger, Walmart, and Chipotle. I had no idea. Nope. Now, I'm kind of excited about that because I might own a little stock in Chipotle. But I I had no idea. So as it says, Domino's delivery is going driverless in Houston. The pizza chain is partnering with self-driving delivery company, Neuro, on a pilot program that will allow customers to have their pizzas shipped by a robot from Domino's Woodland Heights location within certain hours. Domino's customers can choose whether or not they want their delivery carried out by one of Neuro's R2 driverless vehicles in which case they will receive a unique PIN code via text that will allow them to open the futuristic-looking compartment to retrieve their pies. Neuro's R2 car was the first driverless car to receive approval from the U.S. Department of Transportation in February 2020. The company was founded by engineers from Google's self-driving car unit in 2018. And then there's a quote, Neuro's mission is to better everyday life through robotics. Now, for the first time, we're launching real world autonomous deliveries with R2 and Domino's. Uh, and that's a direct quote from their co founder and president, Dave Ferguson. And then he also goes wow. on We're excited to introduce our delivery bots to a select set of Domino's customers in Houston. We can't wait to see what they think.
0: Nope. <laughs> 100% no.
1: No, what I want to know is what's on the pizza. Is it deep dish? Is it? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't, don't trust well,
0: don't... it. I don't. I don't think it's going to work. I think.
2: uh,
1: What don't you trust about it? You're you're just sitting at home
2: waiting for pizza. Right. See, I was going to say,
1: I feel better about this than getting in a driverless car.
2: I mean, you've got 14 year olds, right, delivering pizza in this country. I much trust a
1: robot over a 14 year
0: old. (laughs) I don't
2: know.
1: Well, what's your problem, Roxy? Seriously.
0: Anything can happen. Well, but. Anything. It's not like
1: the robot gets out of a car and comes up to your house and rings the doorbell and says, here's your pizza. You have to go out.
0: But yeah. if, if the technology fails, they could cause major traffic accidents. They can kill people on the no. road. And then I'm still not going to get my pizza.
1: <laughs> well, my, honestly, my big <laughs> complaint would be if it was pouring rain out, you still have to go outside and get soaked to go get your pizza. It's not like they're bringing it up to the door. I mean, I guess it's still you don't have to go out and get it. So at that point, you're right. I would rather just have a driver with a delivery guy. And uh, I guess that can be sketchy sometimes, too. But
0: I'd rather just go there myself and pick it up.
1: Yeah. Really? Well, okay,
2: that's a whole other level, though. I mean, well, you're, <laughs> you're I also just think. Cutting out di- the delivery guy entirely. Right,
1: right. And I also think it's different if you live in the city or you, you that's know, live in the country or the, whatever. The way
2: so. I see it, right, people are terrible. They make mistakes all the time. We have how many car crashes every day, and it's because mostly human error. Like, if a robot can make however many millions of calculations per second, they're going to be better drivers than us. So well, I'm sure, all for it. Sure,
0: sure. But you're also going to get these people that are going to try to hack into. The program right. and listen. I've seen the TV shows. I was to say, Rocks, You've been
1: watching. Too I've seen the TV, TV. shows. I've <laughs> seen
0: the movies. Like, I don't trust that at all.
2: Well, well, then you been... shouldn't. You shouldn't fly because all those planes are autopilot. <laughs> right. so right. exactly.
1: What I
0: can't see can't hurt me.
1: All right, littles. Tell us what you think. Email us wtfcpodnet at gmail.com I mean, how do you feel about the driverless pizza delivery? Now I'm more excited, honestly. I honestly I'd rather have Chipotle delivered than pizza, but that's that's just that's a whole other topic. But yeah, let us know. And uh, Roxy, tell everyone how else they can get in touch with us.
0: Well, since Chuck stole part of my thunder, sorry. With the email, address, I got it right though, right? You did. But
1: see, this is this is the thing, Roxy. Now I would be a mess for the rest of it. I got one of them. <laughs> you're you're the brains behind all this. You can do them all in one I'm shot. I'm the glue
0: that holds us all together. Absolutely. All right. So not only can you email us, you can also find us on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, also the Loyal Littles Podcast.
1: And don't forget, give us a rate and review over on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And Simon, when's your book of knowledge for soccer coming out? Because it sounds like you should be (laughs) writing one. So, I mean, thank Uh, you for that explanation. That was fantastic.
2: No worries. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens with that. Excited, but also nervous because it could ruin the game.
1: In my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, you two, let's get out of here. Thank you, all you loyal listeners. Remember, don't forget about the lookalike contest we're doing. So post your pictures on Facebook or you can email them to us. Who most looks like you? So I think that'll be fun. So, all right. And remember, as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, use, use the, the code.
3: code Luke. See what I did oh. there? All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Books, by the way, do not write themselves. <laughs> I don't know if you're okay <laughs>
0: podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Croco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan.
4: Oh, yeah.